No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we begin the Minor Prophets with the book of Hosea. The Lord calls Hosea to marry an unfaithful wife. This is a sign to Israel of her unfaithfulness to Yahweh. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl begins in Hosea chapter 1 on Simply the Bible. Over the years, I have done my share of premarital counseling prior to performing a wedding ceremony. We discuss what makes a marriage work for the long haul. We address subjects like finances, communication, in-laws, decision-making, and conflict resolution. Most couples can't imagine anything ever going wrong. After all, they're in love and determined to live happily ever after. But what if one person knew that their spouse would be unfaithful, committing adultery within a few years? Would they still go to the altar and say, I do? This forms the backdrop for the first book of the 12 minor prophets in the Bible. They are called minor prophets, not because they were in the minor leagues, but because the books they wrote were shorter than Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, who are considered major prophets. Hosea was a prophet to the northern kingdom of Israel, as was Amos and Jonah, two other minor prophets. Whereas the southern kingdom of Judah had several good kings, the northern kingdom did not have even one good king. Jeroboam, the first king of Israel, set up two gold calves, one in Bethel in the south and the other in Dan in the north. Then he said to the people, It is too much for you to go to Jerusalem, so here are your gods, O Israel, which brought you up from the land of Egypt. That began idolatry in the land. Then the situation went from bad to worse when King Ahab of Israel married Jezebel, the daughter of the king of the Sidonians. She worshipped Baal and introduced Baal worship to Israel. The Lord considered Israel to be his wife, but this was an act of spiritual adultery. God's people, whom he delivered out of Egypt, were playing the harlot, abandoning her love for Yahweh and pursuing other gods. The Lord called Hosea to confront the nation with her lewdness and idolatry. But the Lord also wanted Hosea to be a living example to the people of what the Lord himself was suffering. Therefore, God called Hosea to take for himself a woman who would be unfaithful to him. He would experience firsthand what God was experiencing. Hosea faced no easy task to be the prophet of the Lord. We begin in Hosea chapter 1. The word of the Lord that came to Hosea, the son of Beeri, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. Now, Hosea means salvation. This would be significant because although the Lord would punish Israel for her many sins, in the end, he would save her and bring her back to himself. We are given the names of kings of Judah here, probably because the kings of Judah were the only faithful ones during this time, and so Hosea is referenced to them. Now, Hosea was a contemporary of Isaiah, who was a prophet in the southern kingdom of Judah. 
He also was a prophet during the time of King Jeroboam II, who was the son of Joash. King Jeroboam II reigned in Israel from 793 BC to 753 BC, a total of 41 years, longer than any other king of Israel before him. When the Lord began to speak by Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take yourself a wife of harlotry and children of harlotry, for the land has committed great harlotry by departing from the Lord. Now, some commentators have proposed that Hosea's marriage was only visionary and not literal. The reason they say that is that they don't think God would command his servant to marry a woman of disrepute. But the account is presented as a narrative and not as a report of a vision. And the Lord sometimes did require his prophets to do unusual things as action sermons for their hearers. For example, the Lord told Isaiah to walk naked and barefoot for three years as a sign that the Assyrians would lead the Egyptians naked and barefoot into captivity. And then Ezekiel was told to build a model of Jerusalem being under siege. He then had to lay on his left side 390 days according to the number of years of Israel's unfaithfulness and then on his right side for 40 days according to the years of Judah's sin. So by taking a wife of harlotry, Hosea would experience firsthand what God was experiencing. Now, of those who believe that Hosea literally married an unfaithful wife, of which I personally believe that is what happened, some debate whether she was unfaithful when Hosea some debate whether she was unfaithful when Hosea married her or whether she became unfaithful later. In the end, I don't suppose it really matters since God knows the end from the beginning and he knew that she would be unfaithful if she hadn't been already and told Hosea what to expect. Perhaps another reason why the Lord wanted Hosea to experience this was because God was suffering through the pain of having an adulterous wife. She had gone out from his house and was joined to her other lovers. But then in the future, he would go after her and bring her back. The Lord wanted Hosea to experience both the pain and anger of betrayal and adultery, but also the broken heart and tender love for his wife to the point that he was willing to forgive her of all of her harlotries and bring her back to himself as his wife. Rather than Hosea being judgmental and self-righteous against the people of Israel as he prophesied to them concerning their many sins, he would be able to speak to them as one who was brokenhearted himself, knowing the same pain that the Lord himself felt for his wayward people. I believe that this is so important for us to understand that even though God's people so often abandon him and commit heinous sins, that the Lord's heart is one that is brokenhearted toward them. And I believe that we should not be so judgmental and angry against those who are sinning against God, but really have the same broken heart that the Lord has for them, seeking to reconcile them to himself and not to bring the terrible judgment that is coming. Hosea would also have children of harlotry. Now, we're not sure exactly what that means. It seems that at least the first child that Gomer, his wife, would bear to him would be Hosea's, but it is possible that the other two children had different fathers. Hosea would know the experience of raising children 
who were not his own. But even if that were not the case, and all three children uh, were his, they still grew up in an environment where their mother was playing the harlot, cheating on their father. And that is a terrible home situation for children to grow up in. But once again, this was what was happening in Israel. The children of Israel were growing up with idolatrous parents, those who had been unfaithful to the Lord. Many of these children were actually working as shrine prostitutes for the Baals and Ashtoreths because sexual immorality was part of the worship of these pagan deities. Again, Hosea would be able to relate to the Lord in having children of idolatry. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Dibliam, and she conceived and bore him a son. Then the Lord said to him, Call his name Jezreel, for in a little while I will avenge the bloodshed of Jezreel on the house of Jehu, and bring an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel. It shall come to pass in that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. Now, Jezreel means scattered. And so that would be the name of Gomer's first son that she would bear to Hosea. In little more than a decade after the reign of King Jeroboam II, the northern kingdom of Israel would be scattered into other nations as they would be conquered by the Assyrians. God was bringing judgment upon the land of Jezreel. Now, that goes back to the story of Jehu found in 2 Kings chapters 9 and 10. God called Jehu to cut off Ahab and his descendants in the land of Jezreel for their idolatry and unfaithfulness. And that is where Ahab had stolen the vineyard of Naboth, as Jezebel had told him to do. And then Jezebel later had Naboth killed. God said that in that same place of Jezreel, the dogs would lick Ahab's blood. Jehu was faithful to execute God's judgment against the house of Ahab, but then he went too far. He also killed Ahaziah, the king of Judah, and 42 of Ahaziah's relatives. Moreover, Jehu demonstrated an underlying disregard for the Lord by following in the sins of Jeroboam I and worshiping the gold calves, and he did not walk in the law of the Lord. So God would break the bow of Israel and Jezreel when Tiglath, Pileser, the Assyrian, conquered Israel in the Jezreel plain in 733 BC. Verse 6, And she conceived again and bore a daughter. Then God said to him, Call her name Loruhama, which means not loved. For I will no longer have mercy on the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. Yet I will have mercy on the house of Judah, will save them by the Lord their God, and will not save them by bow, nor by sword or battle, by horses or horsemen. So God named Gomer's daughter Loruhama, which means not loved. And yet God would have mercy on the house of Judah, saving her from Sennacherib, the Assyrian king, during the reign of Hezekiah. Sennacherib would come against Jerusalem and God would send one angel who killed 185,000 Assyrians in a single night. Verse 8. Now, when she had weaned Lo-Ruhamah, she conceived and bore a son. Then God said, Call his name Lo-Ami, for you are not my people, and I will not be your God. So, Lo-Ami means not my people. 
Yahweh would disown them, disown Israel as his people, at least for a time. They would no longer experience his special saving presence. Yet, the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be measured or numbered. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people. There it shall be said to them, you are sons of the living God. Then the children of Judah and the children of Israel shall be gathered together and appoint for themselves one head, and they shall come up out of the land, for great will be the day of Jezreel. It is interesting that Jezreel means scattered, but it also means sown, as though you would scatter seed. And during the millennial kingdom, God will gather the tribes of Israel back into the land, and they will be under one king, Jesus Christ. God will plant them in the land forever. And so all of this in this first chapter, it's amazing God would bring forth words of such judgment against the northern kingdom of Israel, but then the amazing love of God in bringing them back to himself in the last days where all Israel will be saved. This demonstrates to us just the amazing patience and mercy of God in drawing his people back to himself. And that's what I see here in Hosea. Far be it from it just being a very judgmental book. It is a book that shows God's punishment against those who are idolatrous and those who forsake him, but also his willingness to bring them back unto himself. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast, and please leave us a review. It helps a lot. Tomorrow we will see where the Lord reveals that He will punish Israel for her unfaithfulness and lewdness. But later, He will allure her, comfort her, and betroth her to Himself forever. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Hosea on Simply the Bible.